Welcome to another episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters with your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart. Here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Here we are back at the boot camp. I hope you're ready for the next episode here with the esteemed dad of Daisy the pup. Yes. And so you guys have, have been adjusting into the the new life of, of pupdom again. <laughs> no. Thank the Lord, no. So Daisy is sweet as can be, but she bites like an alligator, man. She is like, you got those puppy teeth. And if you follow me on social media, you'll see some pictures of Daisy Pup. She's just the cutest little thing and is a lot of fun. So we're, we're going to puppy class tomorrow, Jimbo. And so I could update you guys on all the puppy class. But here's here's something that's really interesting. Like everybody wants to meet a puppy, right? So we're walking her. And everybody comes up and talks to us. And yeah. Yeah. everybody wants to share their dog story and all that sort of thing. So, man, boot campers, if you're having trouble meeting your community and engaging your community, here's just go down to your local shelter, adopt a puppy and start walking it. And then you'll have like hundreds of conversations everywhere you go, everywhere you go. I've actually heard a few different pastors tell me that that's been like a strategy for them of getting to know their neighbors and yeah. is get a dog and start walking it and I just think I'll probably figure out other ways to get my to know my neighbors. <laughs> well, you guys got iguanas. Just put a leash on an iguana down there and <laughs> just, walk, just walk it around. Ma- Maggie has a hamster. We could walk Eliza the hamster uh, around. And so yeah, Daisy pup's fun. I think I'm losing weight. I'm getting more limber because I'm up and down all the time. I'm, you know, my reflexes are faster because I'm trying to, when we're playing, I'm trying to keep, you know, toys in her mouth rather than my hands and fingers. So overall, it's been good for me. I think uh, Daisy, Daisy's taking us to boot camp. We're like working out all the time with Daisy. Well, we're recording this the week, uh, we're recording this for the week that when SBC happens. And so you'll get a, a little bit of a time away. We'll be consoling you as you... Uh, I mean, are you not? I'm assuming you're not bringing Daisy the pup to SBC week with you. <laughs> no, there's no way. It might be a good distraction to everybody. <laughs> yeah, it might. It might be needed. Like in, in the middle of a bad business meeting moment, just bring out the puppy and just go, <gasps> puppy. Yeah, yeah. Everybody have the collective awe. But hey, speaking of, st- stop by the booth and see. Uh, there's some of the replant teams going to be there, and we would love to see you at the Nam booth in the exhibit center. And so we uh, would love to hear from you. We're we're going to probably be a little more quiet on social media. You won't hear from us because we'll be busy doing what we're doing. But we are there. And, um, and we would love to see you. Excellent. I, I'm excited to see, even if you're not at SBC, man, let us know how things are going in your world and where a puppy could make your life better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, we want to dive in today to kind of a concept that I've been noodling around a little bit. I've been thinking a lot about really the idea of leadership and what kind of leadership is needed in churches today. And I've been thinking about it uh, really kind of in two continuums. And so these are not 100% fleshed out ideas, but as a verbal processor, it helps me to workshop this out with you today, Bob, and the listeners. And so I'd love the feedback from you. and I'd love feedback from the listeners as we go in. And I'm just going to introduce an idea that I can guarantee you we're going to dive into more as we go. From my observations, leadership culture of most churches are too dependent on what I would call platform ministry. 
So platform ministry is is anything that's broadcast. And here's what I mean by that. So, and I'm, I'm not against platform ministry. I just think we're too dependent on it. Like, so pulpit ministry, Sunday morning worship service, when it is stage communicating out, platform communicating out to congregation, and there's not necessarily like interaction of any kind, that's platform ministry, our website, our social media, things like that our platform ministry. But in reality, the the church in the New Testament was largely built around tables far more than platforms, I would say. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of what we do is is really done in relationship, right? And, and so I think I think about the people who have made the greatest impact in my daily walk with Jesus and it's people who I've done life with. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean think about the the stories of Jesus, right? The discipling moments of Jesus. What was he doing? He was always like at somebody's house eating, right? And he must have been like a, a pre-runner of the Southern Baptist culture, you know, <laughs> something, something like that. So, I mean, there's always this idea of conversations. And think about uh, the last couple of meaningful conversations that you've had with somebody. It's probably been over coffee or over a meal around a table, I would think. Wouldn't you think, Jimbo? Yeah. And so I, that's where I came up with the idea of this like table. Uh, and so here's what I'd say is when I say table, I don't necessarily literally even mean a table is involved. A table, when I say it can mean, I think it does a lot of times mean like around a table at a coffee shop or dinner or lunch or a table, quote unquote, can mean riding in the cab of your truck mm-hmm. and, and talking as we go down the road or sitting in your living room and and talking together. But it's these kind of vulnerable bonding, attachment, deep love and acceptance, correction done in the in the context of relationship and, and unity built in those moments and, and really in discipleship, but not just discipleship, deep relationship. And what I would say is lasting life transformation can oftentimes be catalyzed by platform ministry, a good sermon, uh, worship service. And, and it's, it's almost like those are the seeds right? That, that catalyze life transformation, mm-hmm. but really life transformation that's lasting is cultivated and sustained in the soil of the table yeah. and being in relationship with people. I love what you said there. You, you said from the platform, did you say it's ignited or inspired? Catalyzed. It can be catalyzed. catalyzed. Okay. So catalyzed, but it's cultivated and what sustained. was it? Sustained. Yeah. By yeah. in the soil of the table. Yeah. So typically in ministry, we've just focused on the catalyzing, right? Mm. And you get a good catalyzer, you get a good communicator, and you got a lot of catalyzation going on. Right? It's yeah. like yeah. everywhere, everywhere. But most people walk away from a Sunday message, even if they've taken notes on the bulletin or their tablet or their phone or their app or whatever. And unless they review that or review it in the community, it's going to stay a good idea and some good notes. Yeah. And so I think that distinction that you've made is really significant in that regard. My wife is a pastor's kid, and she emphasized some of this to me, even as I was going into ministry. She said, watching her dad, she recognized that uh, the way she worded it was he did not earn the right to be people's pastor in the pulpit, but at the hospital bedside and in the living room and at the dinner table and at the lunch table. Mm hmm. And really, so when we are so dependent on the platform rather than the table, we can isolate from the people and it becomes, 
it becomes all hours in the study, getting ready to preach a sermon, getting ready to lead vision, just meeting with the leadership team, and and we don't do life with people. And Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.16, keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Mm -hmm. Persist in this, for by so doing, you will save both yourself and your hearers. And one of the verses we bring up a lot of times, Psalm 78, 72, he shepherded them with integrity of heart and guided them with skillful hands. Life and doctrine, heart and hands, it's really ministry requires this idea of a platform ministry, good preaching, solid preaching. I'm a big believer in the power of faithfully preaching the the truth of God's word. I'm, I love expository preaching. I love verse by verse going consecutively through a book of the Bible. I believe that has great power to do that. And we've talked about that before. And so this is not to discount platform ministry, but I think we have become so dependent on platform ministry that we assume that platform ministry is how we change the culture of the church. It's how we change people's lives. And I think we've got to understand that, like we said, platform can be a catalyst, but people's lives, transformation in people's lives is not sustained Mm -hmm. by platform ministry. Listening, you know, you've heard, you've seen it posted before, like Judas had the best preacher, right? Judas had, Judas had the best communicator. And None of us are good enough platform communicators to see lasting life transformation in people. Mm -hmm. You're right. And I think we leave seminary with platform skills, Mm. right? Preaching classes. We may have some discipleship classes sprinkled in here and there if we're, you know, we've got a secondary emphasis in our degree program. But just as you're talking there, it just made me think I had a way to make preaching and the discipline of preparing, I had a plan to execute, Hmm. but I didn't have a plan for the other. Right. Yeah. And so a lot of the resources that I jumped into early on were all about how do I do, how do I figure out the discipleship thing? How do I figure out the relational thing? And so I think maybe it would be good for pastors to come out with a relational discipleship plan, as well as a a preaching and sermon preparation plan. And, and to see that as a co-equal resource for effort and focus and intentionality and development and all those sorts of things. Yeah, I think we have to make sure that we're making time to think through those things. And I just want to give a quick introduction, and we'll do some more episodes uh, following this to go further into detail. There are kind of two extremes in which I think we go on an overemphasis of platform ministry. I think one extreme, as I would call like the influencer or the entrepreneur or hypervisionary type, I've not finalized my language on this as I'm thinking through it, but somewhere in this like entrepreneurial, hypervisionary influencer thinking where we're going to maximize our impact in everything we do. How do we how do we impact the most amount of people as possible every moment of everything that we do? Mm-hmm. How are we being inspirational? How are we, we're very, in in this extreme, we're very driven. Man, excellence is the bar by which everything must meet. We may not say that we're, as a matter of fact, we'd probably say we're not competitive. Like we would say the language correctly that we're all on the same team. Historically, there's a church in our city that used to have billboards going out 45 minutes away from it that said, a church alive is worth the drive. And there's there's always this idea, right? And, and they did it. They said it on the billboard of, hey, we're going to be better than those churches that aren't as 
excellent as us. Mm-hmm. All right, so at that extreme, the, the culture is shaped almost entirely from the platform in the, in the Sunday morning worship service, as well as the social media, the website, all those sorts of platform things. The goal is to inspire existing congregants and attract new congregants with a high bar of excellence. They're focused on being more excellent and effective than the other extreme. They're really creative and innovative in their approaches to building their platform. And in these in these in churches that are at this led by this extreme are usually uh, very top down in making decisions and almost kind of like a CEO type model. So yeah. So that's the one extreme influencer, maximizer, hypervisionary entrepreneur. Yeah. And I worked on staff at a church like that. And then every every week our meeting, our program meeting to figure out what new great thing we were going to do was exhausting. Right. So it was like, well, how can we top last week? And so the crowd, it was a great, fun church to come to. And everybody was like, you guys are so creative and so talented. But they were always talking about what we were doing and not Jesus. Hmm who we were supposed to be doing it for. Yeah. And after a couple of years of that, I was like, um, I'm kind of tired of this. <laughs> I was just like, I got to get out of here. This is not good. Right. So I love how that you dis- distinguished and listed some of the challenges of, of being in an environment like that. Right. That you just, you're always trying to be creative. You're driven. It's competitive. You're excellent. You know, all of those kinds of things. And again, we're not, we don't want to excuse a lack of good preparation and excellence. And we're not saying that that's the mark of true spirituality because that's not right. But if this is like over the top that you are just trying to, to, uh, you know, catalyze a response from the crowd. And, and I think that's where our church was that I was a part of for a while in another state, we were catalyzing a response from the crowd. And so the judgment on Sunday was, were people wild and were they amazed? Yeah. Yeah. Not what truth was taught and did we honor and glorify Jesus? Yeah. So you you said let's not, you know, diminish excellence and preparation. And so sometimes the other extreme, so if kind of influencer, maximizer, entrepreneur, CEO is one extreme, you swing the pendulum the other way. And the other extreme is kind of hospice chaplain, faithful consistent. Uh, rather than trying to maximize impact, the chaplain is trying to minimize conflict. Mm-hmm. Let's let's not shake the apple cart. Rather than trying to be inspirational, usually the chaplain is more educational. So their sermons are a little more almost like a seminary lecture. And I mean, and they're usually really theologically robust. I mean, just deep, deep dives sometimes into things. They're very dedicated. Those They may stay for a really long time and consistency becomes an important thing. Their response to the the spirit of competition is usually isolation. They don't want to join in and cooperate with other churches because they're afraid of the question, how many are you, are you running? Mm-hmm. And so they kind of isolate. In these churches, the culture is often shaped somewhat from the platform, but also from silos of power brokers. And the goal here is to educate and appease congregants with consistency and tradition, minimize the conflict. They look at the influencer, hypervisionary culture churches, and they think we're going to be more faithful than they are. We're not going to make it ourselves as much a big a deal as they do. And they'll tell you that they're the really, really friendly churches, but they're really only friendly within silos, within cliques. But they're kind of cold towards outsiders. Decisions are made not from the top down, like the the CEO model, but they're by power brokers within the congregation. 
And the pastor serves here as like a chaplain type role. And oftentimes he's really by the committees and silos been stripped of any real authority. And, and what they want him to do is marry and bury and preach. Mm-hmm. That's like they stop by the house and say, hey. And so they, they have some, they have usually have more of a semblance uh, symbol or, or some something of table ministry and that they expect the, the pastor to visit the house. But it's usually not in depth. It's usually not, we're not seeing in depth table ministry happen, but it's, it's just chaplain type ministry. Yeah, it's superficial, right? It's weather, sports, kids, like that. It's not spiritual formation, right? So if you think about uh, the work of Richard Baxter, the pastor who made all of the, the spiritual home visits, right, and was really caring for the souls of his people, he was asking questions that were would get to the, the heart condition of the, soul, of the soul of the people. And if you look at even the early Methodism and John Wesley and their life groups, I mean, they were asking one another questions that were about faithfulness to pursuing Jesus and, and dealing with sin and all of those sorts of things. And so I think the table ministry has to go there, right? The, it has to have those hard conversations in a spirit of grace. But I think it, it, it invites that because of relationship maybe, right? Yeah. And so I've seen, I've seen platform ministry platform an approach to table ministry by giving lists of hard questions and trying to catalyze conversations around those without really understanding critical care and concern for, for people. Mm. Right. Mm. And so you're see, you see churches parrot, you see members of those churches parrot back the right answers, but they really don't engage one another's hearts. They're only in the head. Yeah. And so the table ministry, the relational ministry has to be actually relational. Yeah. <laughs> it actually has to be, you have to have those, those caring conversations. And so one of the challenges, Jimbo, I think is developing a good set of questions that start at a particular place, but lead towards depth and invite vulnerability. Don't force it. Right. And so I think those, those things are important. I like that. Invite vulnerability. Don't force it. So if one extreme is the influencer, entrepreneur, hypervisionary, and the other extreme is the hospice chaplain in the middle, what I'm proposing is what we have called the visionary shepherd. And a visionary shepherd is called by God to humbly shepherd the souls of his people. He is patient, wise, strategic, and relational. He has the ability to discern God's vision for a congregation and the capacity to winsomely communicate those ideas and lead the church toward the fulfillment of God's vision. He has the ability to walk a fine line between being a man on mission and a loving shepherd to those whom God has entrusted him. And so this is this is that middle ground of not swinging a pendulum too far to one direction or the other. And what I would say is in a visionary shepherd culture, the, the culture is shaped by the word of God practiced in biblical community. Mm-hmm. And so it's not superficial table ministry. It's the word of God being practiced in biblical community. The goal here is not to compete, but to grow the church in the biblical markers of success, unity, love, and maturity. And leadership is both from the platform and the table with an equal emphasis and aligned with God's purposes. And that's the key. It's not to the degradation of platform ministry, but understanding that these things both are significantly important and that the church in the New Testament was largely built around the table. 
and it's focused on the messy, inefficient, incarnational ministry of discipleship. And that part, that's table ministry. That's part of it as well. Because in the in the in the visionary CEO influencer maximizer model of the extreme, we're a catalyst, and, and I think that the reason we don't do the messy, inefficient incarnational ministry of table discipleship is because it is inefficient because it, it takes a lot of time and it's with one or two or three people rather than okay, well I could just put all my energy into how many I can reach on my Sunday morning platform ministry or on my social media ministry. And I think we, we justify that extreme by, well, I can reach more people if I do the platform. Right. Whereas a table is just inherently going to be less efficient and less people. But at the chaplain extreme, I think we justify ourselves by saying, you know, well, I'm not going after numbers. I'm not trying to be a, a big deal. But we're also usually at that point maybe scared of risk and the messiness of like at that point, I think we're trying to avoid the messiness of table ministry. Yeah. And so in these churches, decisions are made by plurality of leaders affirmed by the congregation. And the pastor isn't a CEO and he's not a hospice chaplain. He's an under shepherd under the lordship of Christ. Yeah. Bottom line, ministry at some point leads us to having caring conversations that can be uncomfortable. Yeah. And Jesus was always doing that with his disciples, right? He loved them. He cared for them. He led them to, you know, all kinds of different opportunities where they could learn about how to apply the truth of God's word to the situation they're finding in their lives. But he said some hard things to them yeah. and challenged them about their attitudes and their actions. And ultimately, if if we just go back to, one of my favorite replant verses, Colossians 1, 28 and 29, you him we proclaim, uh, warning and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present them mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all the energy that he works so powerfully within me. Right. So there's war- there's te- there's gospel proclamation, there's warning, there's teaching. And most of the time, if you just took those three things, we probably do two of them. Mm-hmm gospel proclamation and teaching. We don't do warning, right? Yep. And so Paul combines them all there. And I think all three are necessary for maturity as that verse talks about. Yeah, I think, and maturity is one of the things I think we've got to be asking ourselves. I, I, I'm convinced that the three kind of biblical markers we see in Ephesians 4 and really outside of that are our unity, love, and maturity. We have to be evaluating ourselves. Those are things that are really difficult to, to quantify and to measure. But I think we can, we can look and we can continually self-evaluate. Are the results of our platform and table ministry leading to people in our church being more unified in Christ, more loving in ways that they would not love outside of the gospel transforming them, and, and more maturity? Are they more like Jesus? Are they bearing more of the fruit of the Spirit. And those have to be our measures of success. And we we only get those if we lead with an equal emphasis on platform and table ministry aligned with the purposes that God has given us as a visionary shepherd, not as the extreme of the hyper-visionary CEO, influencer, maximizer, and not as the status quo hospice chaplain. Let me just kind of keep Mary Berry and preach the word and, and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. There, There is 
this kind of middle of the pendulum swing mm-hmm. of the visionary shepherd where we 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 lead with vision from the platform and catalyze affection for the lord affection for the word of god and uh, and spiritual maturity but we cultivate that and water it in the the soil of table ministry to produce the fruit of unity love and maturity Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I love how you've broken this down. And I think it's going to be really helpful as it continues to develop and become part of the repertoire that you are able to share. And as we visit it more at the boot camp, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. All right. Thanks, boot campers. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Replant Bootcamp Podcast, a resource for replanters by replanters. If you enjoyed this episode or found it to be helpful for you and your ministry, please help us get the word out by subscribing, sharing, and leaving us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital. 180 Digital is a team of design, development, and marketing experts that love working with churches big and small. Check out 180.church, O-N-E-E-I-G-H-T-Y.church to learn more about how 180 can help your church move forward.